Welcome to this episode of my podcast. The name is Deep. Thanks to all of you who have been listening to this podcast in all episodes of which I try to bring something interesting, something new which you can relate to and enjoy. This episode is part 7 of a series which I have already been doing. for quite some time this is part 7 of the journey that almost killed me based on a true experience i had back in 2016 the name of this episode is the first shoe he died where i was not welcome in english letting one secret after the other out into the open is called letting the shoe drop letting the first shoe drop letting the second shoe drop and so on it is a way of expressing that something a hidden truth which was meant to come out for a long time is finally dropped like a shoe from top where this expression has its origins I am very interested in finding out. I hope someone can enlighten me on it. So, now I am going to let the shoe drop on the nights I spent back in that airy haunting school in the middle of the countryside of Uttar Pradesh during that first phase of my journey. of which i have already related a lot to you something happened back there during those few days i spent as a guest and a rejected teacher of radhika international school in bishunpur region of up's sultanpur district something that came much before the strange rumbling of the clouds above the lanes of hyderabad or the sobering and very revealing passage through mp sioni district all of which i have already told you about yet something so terrifying in the light of so much that i have had the occasion to reflect on later about what i saw and experienced there that my later thoughts about human imagination shaping a landscape on a journey seems even more valid there in the badlands of the ganges valley than even during the later passage through sioni when life brings us a negative experience we have to take a positive view of it to make the most out of it right that much many of you might have even heard what many of us fail to reflect is that the experience of the negative kind is itself an invitation for us to give a counter response to do things opposite to it in order to bring more satisfaction and meaning to bear on it let me explain
It's a bit like flipping over an omelette while frying it so that both sides of it are equally fried. So, with any experience and with the experience I am going to relate, the same holds true. I believe that in the very retelling itself, a story or a real-life experience takes on, that is, acquires a new meaning without losing anything of the shine of its originality. Therefore, freed of the rush to relate the major events of this journey, I can now take you back to those harrowing and, don't smirk at me when I say this, interesting days and nights between May 5th to 9th of 2016. Those days and nights pierced through with the hot sun of the daytime, the shady boughs of the giant banyan and fig trees of India's northern plain, the vast stretches of countryside under the hot sun turning into dark tableau of mysterious shapes at night with the mysterious lights of lanterns lit within a hut here and a hut there under the star-spangled sky, the cry of foxes in the distance making up the background score, however, failing to rub out the memory of the brilliant blue-green peacock that blazed the school grounds during the evenings. It was in such an atmosphere that a death occurred and a violent staff meeting. Both of them, within hours after the school, had decided to reject me, which is why those days and nights were even more interesting. Like a chain smoker leaves bits and traces of nicotine all over the furniture of her room where he smokes. Like a dead person leaves pieces of memory and events in the mind of those who were part of his life. So also, I strongly believe we leave parts of us in the persons and places we go to, attached, if you like, in the manner of tiny electrons from our brains. After all, thoughts in our brains are transported in the form of electronic signals and not in the form of some invisible substance. And we plan our life. No, sorry, not plan actually bring it into being E-X-I-S-T-E-N-C-E -E -E, existence just by saying and doing things in this place. There are very small but effective examples from my own life which bear staunch testimony to what I just said. The fact that once, after being challenged by someone years back, that it was impossible for me to be appointed teacher of senior secondary section anywhere, 
I actually went on to be appointed in five to six different places, from northeast to south of India, as exactly that, English teacher to senior secondary sections, class 10 and above, might just be a not-so-small proof that what many have said is true, that we get in life what we assert and might be another matter altogether but to cut the long story short, and to sound out to all of you, smarting from any failure, the end result of the strange, interesting episode that happened in this school in UP's Bishanpur is that I continued to be successful in getting appointed as a teacher of senior secondary sections. And I once again strongly believe that this is all due to my trials and failure in places like this school in UP. What you are going to read in the next few paragraphs will show you that what you consider your failures are not failures, but success inverted, as the death of a staff member's father. Sorry, sad as it was, I have to say it, and the principal who adopted double standards being nearly removed by the teachers in an extremely noisy and rancorous meeting that same day, which saw me being informed, much too late for decency. Although this meeting had no agenda particularly dealing with me, proves for you too, dear reader, that the success inverted is a reality that hold on to your seats. Those who stand in your way shall be removed, should you just have a little willpower and go the extra mile. For the success of good travel teaches you the secret to the success of a good life as well. Which brings me to my second law of wandering, the first one I had told two episodes back. I quote, Go the extra mile and some more, if possible. Ask any athlete, they will tell you this. And I was a super athlete in the summer of 2016 on a 15,000 kilometers run through the whole of India. I admit it for my very survival through mountains and jungles and plains and hamlets and unnameable railroads and roadways. Back presently to the wide open plains of Uttar Pradesh with its clumps of jungles, with a few huts standing at short distances and calling themselves villages, in the middle of which I found myself in this huge school building called Radhika International School. A long retaining wall all around the campus, no electricity for hours in the evening. Suddenly, the gate opens. Two men step in. This could be an episode from a whistle-blowing criminal TV serial. But no, this is an episode from the travels of a human bulldozer.
that went through the whole of India despite untold obstacles and opposition. However, that evening, 8 May, I wasn't a bulldozer, but about to lose my faith in my entire expedition. The staff meeting had been in the afternoon. The teachers had quarrelled with the principal on so many matters. There were such severe altercations between them that little was left to imagination. There was a disagreement and a hostility between the principal and the teaching staff. Almost every last one of them present in the room, that even myself, who had attended so many such meetings in my life, found this one exceptional. The din was horrible, but throughout it all, I just managed to keep my two eyelids apart. I was so dead tired and wanted sleep throughout the nearly three-hour-long meeting. The meeting had ended in a fair bit of rancor. The weather that afternoon was disturbingly hot. I remember some birds frittering around in the dusty courtyard of the school. I went up to the room given to me where the sink for washing clothes and utensils was in one corner of the vast floor. Inside it was not a little hot as the electricity kept going away at regular intervals. Just above the sink, the windows of the room showed a scene of classic rural UP. A field in the first week of May with only saplings planted in long rows into the distance and surrounded on two sides with jungle-like orchards, dense and with gnarled, thick trunked trees in which a few North Indian village women so typical of this land, rested and talked over lunch, while the brilliantly blue-necked resident peacock showed itself from time to time. It was a scene straight from my dreams. You would say, what kind of dreams? It was such a hot day. I was sick and smarting from a long journey and somewhat rough introduction to the school. The demonstration class that afternoon hadn't gone well. Yet I had seen this place in a dream the winter before when I had been in South India down to the farmer who was scattering some kind of insecticide or seed among the green saplings there just below me now stretched out in neat rows which ended a hundred meters away in a jungle-like landscape. that made you wonder whether leopards came to visit at night. In fact, these very things that I was thinking had been going on in my head even in that dream of six months earlier. It is the memory of this landscape that I would like to take away with me. And you, dear reader, take away this from what I was seeing through the window now, that my memories had in fact come before many of the experiences I was having in 
this entire journey and not afterwards as most of us are used to think of memories. And they were not mere memories. They were detailed impressions in tremendous details. Between the time I had recorded the last chapter and this one, a lot of time, three months in fact, has passed. In that time, the tissue in my brain, the chemicals in my nerve synapses, have lost nearly none of the shine, color, shape, smell and form of the memories of the vast journey that I have been relating to you. Not to mention, even the place from where I am writing these things has changed. However, let me tell you, my total conviction that I saw most of the dreams that shaped what was to come later, before what was happening on this stretch and beyond, remains unshaken. In fact, it does not even need so many words for me to believe. As I have said before in another episode, that the landscape shapes our dreams. It only takes so many words for me to relate to you the enormity of even a silent landscape, like the one I was looking down now upon. Just as the enormity, the bigness, in the sense of the way it hit my mind before, applies to all other landscapes I have described in this story, from the heat-blown gorges of Sioni district, the rugged hills of Uttarakhand, the unkind canyon-like streets of Hyderabad, the smelling, breathing, cupola-lined streets of Jaunpur, with even their marinated chicken and jewellery shops, having stood up in my so-called dreams years before any of this actually came around to happen. It was like this entire journey was supposed to happen. The question that haunts me still is, had I created it all for myself in those disturbed dreams I had had been having for a few years, or were the dream's words falling in from the pen of the supreme author onto the blanks of the unfinished sentences of my life? Co-creation? Take your pick. All that I can say is, the landscape of India is magical in more than one sense. Certainly, so much that was seen by me came in precise details so much before. It makes you think. Think, as an IBM motto so, so effectively says it all. That one word is very dangerous. When someone indeed makes you take pause and think again and again, for months and months and years, then that push in your mind to think certainly has something in it, substance, I mean. It is logical and very plausible. At least next time you see the landscape of any place you go to, remember it is shaping you, not the other way around. And that it was shaped from before in many of you, in what you dismiss as mere dreams. This brings me to my third law of wondering. The other two have come before. I quote, Follow your dreams and they will follow you. 
for a chain of events that have brought me to the place I am today has hit me even harder than what happened on that May day in 2016 in UP's hot countryside and later in the starry night. The dispute between the principal and the teachers of that school, the news of the death of the father of the teacher who had most sided with him and was perhaps behind my dismissal in the evening, the creaking open of the school gate late at night under the starry skies and dimly lit forested villages in the middle of which I sat in the balcony of an international school. All this was a trifling coda only to the supreme build-up in the balance sheet by which an account is written by the author of it all. Call him spirit, subconscious, another dimension, what you will. A few words from my lips in that silent night. Long after the news of the mysterious death had broken to time with the evening of my rejection, which had fallen on me like a death sentence, and the cries of jackals had once again returned to envelop the countryside. A few words fell from my lips. All these school owners for doing like this, may they suffer. Today, more than a year later, I see in the newspapers the trouble facing all the international schools. From Ryan International School to those run by a discredited, debauched godman to whom ministers of the ruling party of a state pander like pansies without backbones. And I wonder whether the few silent, hot, tearful utterances on that night in the middle of the backyards of Bishanpur, which indeed did come from my mouth, might not have been something deadlier and far-reaching than what a Harry Potter or a Dumbledore might utter. Take your pick, but a chain of events does get formed, like a vertex of a line that can only later be seen as it is complete, that has its origins in uncommon mistakes made in mistaken places to which people are sometimes sent, like I was sent here to Radhika International School in Uttar Pradesh. This one chapter alone is like a saga waiting to be told, although I cannot tell all of it here. I don't need to tell. This is not the place. Which brings me quickly to two of my next laws of wondering, which Richard Bach might have appreciated, and which many of you who are on a journey or are writing about it might find useful. The fourth law of wondering goes like this. I quote, Small men make big journeys, and small men make journeys that change everything, common, and then everything. Is that a trifle too long? Then what about this one, my fifth law of wondering? The journey is not in the told, but the untold. 
The untold crept up slowly in those days and nights in Yubi's backwaters, in which I found myself and how. Like the old Bengali caretaker of Radhika International School, now climbing up the stairs in this dark UP night, without electricity to the accompaniment of the cry of those shackles. to deliver my dinner of handmade rotis and handmade vegetable curry to me and making his way towards my room there in the corridor. The untold crept up just like he was doing now in the darkness of this huge building in Bishanpur, like a ghost in the night in the form of the uproar created in the meeting that evening in the form of the stiff opposition of the staff members to the principal, just as he had been planning deep in the cunning recesses of his tricky mind to dismiss me. The untold crept up in the form of the death of the father of the school teacher that very evening. The untold was in the very atmosphere that night, as the gate creaked open and the news was being delivered. Thank you for listening to my series, The Journey That Almost Killed Me. It's based on a true experience that I have had in 2016. Those of you who are interested in the five laws of wondering, I have set out in this series in my podcast, The Name is Deep can go to amazon.com and search for my ebook India at the Speed of Thought. I repeat, the name of my book which deals with the same experiences and carries the same episodes in written form is called India at the Speed of Thought. Do check out India at the Speed of Thought by Biswadi Banerjee at Amazon.com ebooks. And do keep returning to my podcast. The name is Deep with ever more fascinating and interesting episodes. Thank you and have a great day.